Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Okay, I found the roster. Canada's celebrity game roster for the NBA All-Star Weekend includes Rick Fox, former NBA player, Tracy McGrady, who I don't think is Canadian, uh, Kellen, you might have to help me with some of these people. Uh, Arcade Fire's Win Butler. That's the lead singer of Arcade Fire. Yep. yep. Is he any good? Uh, I like Arcade Fire. They're a great band out of Montreal. Drew and Jonathan Scott from HGTV's Property Brothers. I know nothing about them. They build houses. <laughs> Actor and singer Chris Wu. Apparently no shows or songs that I've heard. Mm, never heard of him either. And uh, Jose Bautista's helping coach. Stephen James from Race. I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. The USA team includes Jason Sudeikis from Race. I know who Jason Sudeikis is. Isn't he married to Olivia Wilde? I believe so. I have to Google that. Nick Cannon? Isn't he married to Mariah Carey? Yes. Or was? Was in, involved or currently involved with Mariah Carey <laughs> somewhere along the line. What? Was involved or currently involved. Uh, and, oh, former NBA legend Muggsy Bogues. The, he's a little guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just flying around the screen down there. So there you go. Uh, somebody said they would like to see Brian Hall in the NBA celebrity game. Another texter says Pam Anderson from 15 years ago. That'd be a bit of a double dribble, wouldn't it? Somebody else says they would like to see Justin Trudeau versus Barack Obama. Obama would win. And yeah. da- uh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think Obama's taller than Trudeau. I think he's got like a couple of uh, inches on him. So. Well, I believe Obama's a decent basketball player. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Justin Trudeau is too. I don't know. And uh, Dave Leppard says, I would like to see Canadian celebrity Reed Wilkins play in the NBA All-Star game. Now, didn't, well, you, didn't you say yesterday that I, you are not in the skills competition this year? Well, no. On Wednesday, specifically, I backed out of the dunk competition. That, there we go. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've decided not to go in the slam. I'm taller than Spud Webb, I think, and I'm for sure taller than Muggsy Bogues. Isn't he like five foot three? Spud Webb? That's like, what, 1986? Spud Webb won the NBA slam dunk competition. Hang on. He is 1.7 meters. I, oh, he's five foot seven. I'm taller than Spud Webb. Yep. And he uh, won the slam dunk competition in uh, yes 1986 in Dallas, beating Dominique Wilkins. There you go. So there you go. I I he's one of the Muggsy Bogues is the shortest play ever player ever at five foot three. Earl Boykins five foot five. Mel Hirsch five foot six. A whole bunch of guys have been short. So there you go. I could easily play in the National Basketball Association. That's what I'm saying. We're certainly in the celebrity. How's Eugenie Bouchard doing? Uh, pretty good. The game just wrapped up in Canada 1. I didn't catch a final score, but... Uh, she, I think people can live. She, she, she was on the uh, same uh, forward group as Milos Raonic, and there'll be a highlight that you'll see tonight all over the place of Raonic doing a slam dunk. Well, an assisted slam dunk from uh, the fellow from Arcade Fire helped him out a little bit. The fellow from Arcade Fire. Yeah. He has a name. Aren't there like 40 people at Arcade Fire? Yeah, it's like a whole house party. <laughs> it's like a whole house party. NHL tonight. Sabres lead the Canadians 
3-2-5-4 as we look at your Crystal Glass scoreboard, courtesy of Crystal Glass for all your glass needs. You can call 310 today, or pardon me, uh, it's called 310 Glass today. The Kings and the Rangers are tied 3-3, seven minutes into the third. Penguins still up 1-0 on the Hurricanes halfway through the third period. Avalanche and the Red Wings are 1-1 after two. The Lightning lead the Predators 2-1 late in the second period. Also late in the second period, Blues up 4-2 on the Panthers. And the Flames and the Coyotes are just underway. No score. Wild game last night. Calgary blew a 4-1 lead, but then beat the San Jose Sharks 6-5 in a shootout. Uh, Kari Rommel injured in that game. He wasn't going to play tonight uh, anyway, but Hiller is in net. You can text us at 630-630. The open line number is 780-496-0063. Oilers and Jets tomorrow night at Rexall Place. It's on 630, Chad. 630 for the face-off show. 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Uh, you can also get me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, by the way. All right, so uh, Propane Tank. Text again. I love when Propane Tank writes in. He says, you're right, Reed. The Oilers need to let go of one of their $6 million men. We would get the most for Hall, like you say, but even more so trading Taylor would be best for the team. You may counter that he's our top point man, but I do the trade because of his weaknesses. That is from Propane Tank. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. The trade deadline is coming up on the 29th. I would think Teddy Purcell gets dealt because I imagine another team would take him for secondary scoring. You're not going to get a lot, and uh, but you know he's he's going to be a UFA. I wonder about Eric Griba, who's also a UFA. Could he possibly be re-signed for another year or two? I I think we've seen in terms of Eric Griba, you get what you get, but you get it pretty consistently, and at least there is a physical dimension to his game. Yeah, obviously, he struggles getting into penalty trouble sometimes. He's not the most mobile guy in the world. As a depth defenseman, he might have some value. Um, and then Justin Schultz. Um, I mean, I, I certainly Justin Schultz's days are numbered here here in Edmonton. And and I don't know what they're going to get. If, if they actually get somebody else's prospect, even if it's an underwhelming prospect, I, I would have to think that is a win, given what we've seen from Justin Schultz. Because he, he just he adds virtually nothing to the game. He doesn't produce points. He's not physical. He's not sound positionally. And at this point, he's probably rattled and frustrated and knows how it's gone for him here in Edmonton. So I, I, I just think that, that that's coming to an end. But we'll see. 780-496-0063. The text line is 630, uh, Mike says, I, my Canadian celebrity, Rob Brown, in a pickup basketball game. You know, Rob's a pretty good athlete. Rob's a pretty good athlete and one of the best players in the history of the Western Hockey League. We'll talk about that top 50 list that they're putting together later on tonight with Greg Drinnen. It's 7-12. So the Oilers beat the Leafs 5-2 last night. Benoit Pouliot with a very quiet four-assist performance. Yeah, it, was, it was a good night, though. You know, it was uh, the whole line was producing. We were uh, we had a lot of chances, and we probably could have got a few more too. But it's it's always nice to to, to, to have a game like that, and uh, we got to keep it going. The, the first goal of the game. Just tell me about how you saw that, because obviously you were the first guy up the ice. When did you realize? Okay, I think McDavid might be getting loose down the middle here i think as soon as the puck went by me on the first time and i barely looked on the left but i, I know 
Table's going to be there every time, and when it, with the speed, he's going to beat someone down the ice. So I just had to chip it. But I just looked left for maybe half a second, and I saw him there, and I just had to chip it by that D, and it was a perfect by, perfect timing by uh, by Davy, and then he makes a great goal. What have you, even even these past six games? Because obviously you had a big gap where he was hurt, where you guys weren't together. Being back with him in these last six games, what have have you learned anything new about him? Uh, no, I pretty much knew uh, everything there was to know about him. Like, we, you saw it right at the preseason or when he showed up to camp. You knew what he was capable of and what he can do with the puck and without the puck with the speed. So um, jumping back after three months or four months off and doing what he's doing right now is uh, pretty incredible, especially at that age. And uh, just got to keep it going and keep helping him. And uh, it's, a, it's a full team, full line thing going on. So we just got to keep it going. In terms of the, the team play? Work ethic and consistency. Are they where they need to be? Uh, not really, no. I think uh, yesterday wasn't, yeah, we scored five goals, but it wasn't really our best game, especially against a Toronto team that's so banged up like that and didn't have their big lineup. We didn't show up at all in the first, and then second was sloppy, penalties and everything. And um, that's the thing. We're not being consistent enough. We're not working uh, every shift we're being lazy at times, and it can cost this game. And, but yesterday we got uh, we got a big win. All right, that is Benoit Pouliot, and certainly recognizing that the uh, work effort and the consistency not where they need to be. This sector says, hey, Reed, would you trade Clefbaum for Hamonic? I like Clefbaum, but we need the right shot D-man. And where the Oilers are in the draft, we could get Jacob Chikrin. This would keep our offensive core together. That is from Steven. That's a good question, Stephen. I mean, the Oilers are going to have to do something that, that that is maybe uncomfortable. I think Clefbaum, in terms of his career potential, he might be a little bit better offensively than Hamannick once he reaches his peak. But I understand where you're coming from with that suggestion because the Oilers can only sit on potential for so long. Especially now with, with McDavid. I mean, this guy is going to be one of the best. I mean, look, let's face it. He's already one of the best players in the league. Um, so you need to have the support for him. You, you know what? The, the, more, the, the more I've been, if you're listening, if you listen to the show on any regular basis, you know I'm not a fan of trade proposals to begin with because you could just, you're like a dog chasing your tail after a while. But the more we've gone through this season, the more open I feel to ju just making a trade that helps now and showing the fans and showing McDavid and maybe the players who are still here, all right, it's time to grab it. Enough of, enough of this potential stuff. Enough of we're building for some day X down the road that, that quite frankly, hasn't arrived, and that's really unfair to all the fans. Would I specifically do Clefbaum for Hamannick? Let, let me answer this way because I, I don't know. It's hard for me to weigh that one. Um, I don't think Peter Shirelli would do it because he committed to Clefbaum with that contract in the offseason. I think he's less likely to trade Clefbaum than some other guys. Dave says, I'd like to see Michael J. Fox in the NBA celebrity all-star game remember teen wolf that's from goalie dave i do remember teen wolf he dunked nothing like a werewolf playing basketball 
Uh, Topher Allen, who I usually get his sense of humor. I used to think Bob was related to Justin, but I was wrong. He's related to Clefbaum. I, Topher, you have to explain that to me because I don't get that one. Usually I love you, though, buddy. All right, 780-496. What is the number? 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. When we get back, you'll hear a little bit from Mark Letestu. Busy game for him last night. Inside Sports on Chad. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Shane Doan has given Arizona a 1-0 lead over Calgary. Doan with his 13th 20-goal season now. Only three active players have more. Yager, 18, Aginla, 16, and Hosa, 14. So the Coyotes jump out to a 1-0 lead over the Calgary Flames. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 7-21. Inside Sports, live from the Terwilliger Rec Center, the Family Day Classic. FamilyDayClassic.com, loads of silent auction items available to help raise money for the stallery. And uh, what did Steve say? They got like 82 teams going at it from novice up to bantam. Really fun hockey going all Family Day weekend right through to the holiday Monday. And uh, you can check the schedules on that Family Day Classic website. Uh, Topher Allen saying... uh, uh, sorry, Reed. I am off tonight. I have the flu. I think Clefbaum is a good player and will be. It's just certain media members in town really pump his tires. Might be tough to live up to the hype. The same thing happened with Justin Schultz. All right. That is from Topher Allen. Topher, I hope you feel better, buddy. I always enjoy when you text the show. As you know, I don't always read your texts on air. Um, but you are a funny man. Robbie says... Just had someone buy my order in the Tim Hortons drive-thru as a random act of kindness. It must be the Oilers' decal in the window. Thank you, McDavid. (laughs) That is from Robbie. That's awesome. Good stuff, Robbie. Well, there you go. Free coffee thanks to McDavid. Well, maybe Robbie's just a nice guy and deserves a coffee regardless of who he cheers for. That's what I think. Mark Letestu. Man, oh, man. Uh, This guy played 20 minutes and 37 seconds last night. That is a lot for a guy who was supposed to be on the Oilers' fourth line. Let's hear from Latestu about a busy game yesterday. Yeah, especially especially different points of the game. Uh, there, there's a stretch there, the second, where it was, you know, a few kills and then followed by a power play, where it seems like you're going over the boards every every uh, every other shift. And then you know some of the faceoffs on the right hand side, you gotta get out there and. Uh, and take advantage of too so you're definitely aware of when the minutes are high like that and you try to manage it uh not necessarily take shifts off but when you're on the bench really try and collect yourself rehydrate and uh, get ready for the next one what's it like when you're having a game where i I would guess you had a pretty big awareness that that one line was was doing a lot of the generating yeah no they they were they especially offensively uh you know even on the power play uh when you're out there with those guys you just want to get the puck back in their hands because, you know, when guys are feeling in the zone like that, things are happening around them. So uh, when you get uh, a line hot like that, I guess you want to see them out there as much as possible. And unfortunately, we took a lot of penalties in that second period and took, you know, some of those guys out of the game. Uh, so they could have even had bigger nights had we been more disciplined and, and gave them some more time to work. You finished the game, obviously, with uh, Cassian and Hall, and you were back with those guys today. I mean, you have been 
almost everywhere that you could be in this lineup. I, I know you were kind of brought in to be versatile this year, but it, has it has it reached a level maybe you didn't even expect? Yeah, and I think injuries have had had a lot to do with that. Uh, you know, we've lost Connor and now Nuge at, at different points this year for extended periods of time. Uh, and I think Coach is just trying to find uh, find some some secondary somewhere. Uh, you know, Taylor's line there with Leon's kind of gone cold for a little bit, so I think he's just trying to shake it up. And it doesn't mean that they won't go right back to that line. You know, at the first sign of maybe nothing happening with with the new combination. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just ready to play. You know, he puts me out there in whatever situation. Uh, Hopefully, uh, do my best and you know be ready for whatever opportunity comes my way. All right, and work ethic and consistency with this team. Where are they as opposed to where you'd like them to be? Well, they're not there. I think that the last road trip has shown that. Uh, you know, on the road all year, I think it's been an issue. Uh, at home, not so much. And I think we're five games over 500 now at home, and seemingly play uh, pretty solid. You know, most nights, even at the start, Toronto wasn't great uh, last night. Uh, so there's there's still a ways to go. Uh, it's still a process, but uh, you know it's definitely not where we want it to be uh, every night. So that's Mark Latestu, who today was with Hall and Cassian at practice. Drysital centered Packerinen at Purcell. McDavid stayed with Pouliot and Everly. Hendricks was between Yakupov and Korpakoski, and of course those lines could change very quickly tomorrow against the Jets. Steven says, regarding trading Everly, would you keep him for the fact that he's our best right-handed shot forward? If the Oilers were to trade him, our core forwards will be all lefties. I know it's not the end of the world, but does that play a factor? Not to mention him being the top point-getter three of the last five years and playing very well with McDavid. Yes, I do think the right shot is a factor, Steven. And I wish this person would have signed his text. Uh, who says, I think Pouliot is one of those players who's very inconsistent. He's been lucky enough to be stuck on the big line. Stoffer says Pouliot is big and rangy. Well, so is Chewbacca. Chewy could have got four assists last night. I <laughs> uh, might have been able to. Yeah, it's a fair point. Thanks for that text to 630-630. Hey, Stoffer's uh, coming up later in the show. So Steve Hamilton from the Oil Kings. Phone lines are open, 780-496-0063, live at the Terwilliger Rec Center for Inside Sports. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30, Shed. So the hockey game tomorrow, 6.30 face-off show. 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Oilers and Jets. Here's what's happening tonight. Two and a half minutes left. The Sabres hanging on, up 5-4 on the Canadians. The Rangers with a 4-3 lead on the Kings. They are in the final minute. The Kings have pulled their goalie. In overtime, the Penguins and the Hurricanes are tied 1-1. Kessel and Nestrosil, the goal scorers. The Avalanche edging ahead of the Red Wings 2-1 with 14 minutes left. Lightning up 2-1 on the Predators with 18 minutes left. Early in the third, Blues have a 4-2 cushion over the Panthers. And Shane Doan's 20th of the season. The Coyotes lead the Flames 1-0. Canada West hockey action tonight the uh, U of A Golden Bears taking on the Mount Royal Cougars don't have an update on that one yet and uh, I do want to mention haven't talked about this team much this season probably should though the uh, Alberta Pandas basketball team ranked number six in the nation 
tonight, a road game in Saskatoon against the number one ranked and undefeated Saskatchewan Huskies. Well, the Huskies undefeated no more. The Pandas win it in overtime, 78-77. So the U of A is now 17-1 and on the season. Saskatchewan drops to 16-1. and uh, Two outstanding teams. You got Lisa Tomitis coaching the Saskatchewan Huskies. She also spends a lot of time in Edmonton as the uh, head coach of the Canadian women's national team. And Scott Edwards, Panda's head coach, an outstanding coach. I got a lot of time for this guy. I used to uh, do play-by-play for uh, the Panda's game. Scott is a, an excellent coach. All right. You can text 630-630-7804960063 is the phone number. I want to welcome back to the show a man you hear every day from noon to 2 right here on 630 Ched, the host of Oilers Now, the color analyst on the Oilers Radio Network, Bob Stoffer. Bob, how are you doing? Good, Reid. How are you? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing great. You, you, missed, uh, you missed all the, the, the fun of, uh, well, you saw part of Oilers practice. What, what, what was the reaction like on your show to the line combinations? Uh, you know, I, I think people want to, you know, they want to see whether or not the team can generate some secondary scoring. Uh, for me, that means that dry settle, you know, and Hall got to get it going here and they're not playing together. So I, I don't think there was, there's a little bit of concern with what, you know, Edmonton's never happy. Let's put it that way. You know, you, you have one line that's on fire, uh, but I don't think they were, you know, they were that up in arms about it. Uh, I I got a little bit on Twitter from the the Yakupov supporters. There's, there's a lot of there's, there's a lot a lot of people. There's a faction of people who think he's getting the short end of the stick. Um, I don't know. This is a player who hasn't earned his opportunities in my mind. I, I mean, and he's had oppor- like he and he did play with McDavid earlier in the season. Well, he didn't score at the rate that Everly is scoring. So, did I watch the games? The the, the this Yakupov faction that think he's somehow getting the the short. I mean, Nail has to do something, anything, and he hasn't done enough. Well, I'm I'm with you there, and I you know, it'd be great if this player succeeded. I I just wonder if he's nearing the end of his time here. I mean, I I don't know where he fits into the lineup anymore. Uh, I mean. Teddy Purcell has been more productive than Yakupov this season. I know Yakupov missed a large chunk of games. Never good to come back from an ankle injury. But it's, you know, there are opportunities for more ice time when things aren't going well for some of the other players. And let's face it, Bob, last night things were going well for one line. For one line. Um and and, he's, and Yakupov still isn't the guy that's being turned to. So I just I just wonder what his future is with the team. He's got a year left. You mentioned to me a couple weeks ago, maybe it's uh, you know he, he's an underperforming guy who gets traded for another underperforming guy. I guess yeah. the thing is with him, Bob. Some of these Oilers players might be hard to move because of their contracts. Yakupov's still pretty affordable, and that could be to the Oilers' advantage here. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a few things. First of all, you have one line that's absolutely on fire that's got everybody excited. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Mike, a short-term scenario, if they're, if Todd McCall and coaching staff are going to keep uh, uh, David Everly and Pouliot together for, say, all of the next five games, we may see Dreisaitl reunited with Hall within half a period tomorrow. I mean, he quickly, let's not forget that Purcell, was playing on that line uh, with 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 Hall and uh, Drysaddle got moved off for half a game to let 
Pacroden. They seem to have a lot of time for Pacroden, by the way. That should be noted. Uh, but Pacroden plays a more complete game than Nail does. Uh, and I, I, I kind of think we're at the stage here where you got to do something, anything. And he, has, he hasn't done that. And it's, uh, it's glaring. And it's, it's kind of shocking what's occurred specifically with both Yakupov uh, and Justin Schultz. When you factor in, say, go back to the end of the 2012-13 regular season and how it ended for those two players. I mean, Yakupov scored five goals in the final two games. And you and me probably thought, well, you know, he might score 30 goals next season. In fact, I think we both thought he would score 30 after he scored 17 as a rookie. And in Schultz's case, he looked like a power play quarterback of the future. And uh, changes were made with the coach. And I think those are two of the guys that were affected the most. You know, for for whatever reason, Ralph Kruger got some success out of the Madeline Gate. I also think it should be noted that Justin Schultz and Neil Yakupov took a step forward in the last half of last season. Under uh, under Todd Nelson, um, but this coach this coaching staff has a different standard that the, that I think they want the team to play to, and I think that that has been challenging on some nights for both Justin Schultz and Neil Yakupov. Bob Stoffer joining us tonight. Inside Sports on 6:30, Chad Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in. Oilers and Winnipeg Jets coming up tomorrow night. Winnipeg's an interesting team to me, Bob, because they made the playoffs last year, and a lot of people, me included, thought they had a pretty good chance to get in again. They are ahead of the Oilers, obviously, but not by much. The last matchup here on the 21st of December was a Cam Talbot show, especially after about the first 10 minutes of the game. That was probably one of Cam's three best games of the year. I think that they're a team that can give the Oilers problems because they do play that big grinding game that the Oilers sometimes get boxed out of. Um, but I also think that, that if the Oilers play with some resilience and, and are willing to get in there and forecheck and use their speed, uh, then maybe they can turn the tables a little bit. I mean, that's a fair assessment. I, I think one of a couple things. First of all, all bets are off when assessing Oilers past games against teams when they didn't have Connor McDavid. Because they're a different team when they have Connor McDavid in the lineup. Uh, 100% agree with you. I mean, Talbot was, uh, he was brilliant that night and he stole a game for Edmonton. Uh, in my opinion, the Jets at times, and I'd have to, I mean, I haven't looked at the stats on Winnipeg and I'm not going to get a chance until after this, uh, this, this event that I'm at tonight, but, uh, uh, Winnipeg to me takes some penalties. And that's where, when you say if the owners are getting there and they're competitive, I think they're going to create some opportunities uh, for themselves against the Jets. Um, you, you would think Winnipeg's top six or seven forwards are pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they've moved uh, Ehlers up. They've moved Ladd down in stretches. I mean, they, they went a lot with Ladd, Little, and Wheeler last year. Andrew Ladd is in a contract uh, situation where he's an unrestricted free agent. They've got Buffalo done. I think the, the Ladd-Bufflin contract negotiation has unsettled the team a bit. Uh, they got a pretty good second line with Shifley, Perot, and Stafford. You know, certainly Shifley missed some games. Uh, Lowry has not had as good a year this year as he appeared to be tracking for. But they do have that size. I mean, you know, Wheeler's a big forward, although he's not aggressive in terms of tough. He certainly can skate, gets into the floor check. Stafford's a bigger body. Lad's a big forward. Thorburn has some size to him. Lowry has some size to him. 
So they got the size up front. They've got Bufflin signed to a long-term extension. The right side of their defense looks really nice right now with Bufflin, Myers, and Truba. I think something might have to go uh, eventually with Truba. Uh, and the other thing is goaltending. I mean, they had a stretch where Hallibuck was really good, and and he's now been sent back down to the farm. So I'm going to be interested to see how the uh, combination of Pavlik and Hutchinson holds up the rest of the way. But this is a winnable game. But the owners have to play better than they did last night, read against Toronto, and much better than they did the last time they played against Winnipeg because the Jets pumped them for 47 shots on goal in that game. All right. I got one more for you. It is a Golden Bears game night, big home-and-home home weekend against Mount mm. Royal for second place in the conference. Uh, Mount Royal has been pr- – look, I, I, you, you know how skeptical I was about an ACAC school coming up. They've been very good. They're praised for their work ethic and their coaching. We talk a lot about the U of A Golden Bears and the long run of great coaches they've had. Who, Which non-Golden Bear coach in your years as a media guy and a fan which non-Golden Bears coach did you have the most time for? Wow, that's... Uh, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I guess Willie Desjardins, when he coached Calgary, in my first stint doing play-by-play in the late 80s to early 90s, I didn't recognize how good a coach Willie was at that time. Uh, I know I felt that when Rob Dom coached the Bears, when he, you know, from 95 to 05, but certainly from 98 to 05, I think he was inside the head of several of the coaches. And some of those coaches are still in the league, like Sarant in Manitoba, Mike Sarant and Dave Adolph. But uh, I believe the gentleman's name that's coaching Mount Royal is Burt Gillings. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is he is by far the best, uh, the best coach. He certainly harbors the most respect from the Golden Bears when you talk to the people at that program. Uh, so Mount Royal plays a, a hard game, a competitive game, a relentless game, and it starts the coaching staff. And you know, I have you know, I haven't mentioned Dave Adolph in Saskatchewan because you know he's been there over 20 years. There's lots of talent coming out of the province of Saskatchewan. They've never won, and they've hosted the national championship five times. You would have thought they would have. Brought, I mean, they they got to the final two years ago, but I, I'd have to say that maybe this current, and I'm sure Reed, that's where you're going. Like this is a tough matchup for the Bears this weekend. It's home and home. There's no guarantee they're going to sweep them and get that uh, you know home ice advantage for the second round of the playoffs plus a, a bye. But I, I would you know I don't think I ever felt that geez when the Bears went up and, and let's not forget one of one of the guys that was in the league when Rob was coaching was Bill Peters in Lethbridge. Right. And if you had told me that Bill Peters would go on to be an NHL head coach, I would have laughed at you. Which you know, but Bill got some help along the way. He had Mike Babcock in his corner, uh, and Bill's done an excellent job with Carolina. He's done a better job with Carolina than I thought he was capable of doing. So it shows you that you don't always know sometimes. Well, Bob, you usually know. Let's be honest. <laughs> Thanks for your time, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, you're far too kind. Take care, Reed. See you later. I am far too kind. Bob's right. Reed Wilkins with you inside Sports on 630 Jet. That was uh, Bob Stoffer. I threw him a bit of a curveball with that uh, last question, but I figured he would have an opinion. I also have an update for you on that uh, U of A hockey game. They are leading Mount Royal 2-1 in the first period. That game in Calgary. They're back at Claire Drake Arena tomorrow night at 6. The Bears need a sweep to finish second in Canada West. 
uh, Jamie Crooks with the most recent goal for the Golden Bears to put them up 2-1. You can text, though, and somebody just texted me in the score. Thank you very much for that. You can text 630-630. was funny. I mentioned the senior men's uh, AAA Alberta playoffs earlier tonight. Uh, that prompted some other text messages. Uh, the uh, 20 and old Golden Bears volleyball team playing in Calgary tonight. I love this one. The Mournville Good Timers play at home tonight, and the creature, I hope that's a nickname, and the creature is celebrating his 79th birthday. He's my defense partner. Happy birthday, partner. Rocket will get five points for you tonight. It, the, for some reason, the town of Mournville has become a bit of a recurring theme on this show. Uh, I know the uh, mayor of Mournville tweeted me one night during the show, and uh, the Mournville, hey, Mournville good timers, go get them. You got a 79-year-old defenseman on their team, on your team. Clearly, you have the advantage in experience. I hope. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The text line is six thirty six thirty. I can tell it's the Friday night of a long weekend. People are having some fun with the text. You're also welcome to call. Steve Hamilton still ahead. Greg Drinnen and I will talk about some of the greatest players in WHL history. They're putting together a list of their top fifty. You can also text that in if you want. Give me your top three or top five greatest players in the history of the Western Hockey League. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30 Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. Live tonight at the Terwilliger Rec Center. The Family Day Classic, 82 teams, novice to bantam, four-on-four hockey, really fast-paced, really fun. You can get the full schedule by going to FamilyDayClassic.com. Sixth year of the tournament so far, they have raised over $1.5 million for the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. All right, Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer tonight back at the palatial 630 Jet Broadcasting Compound. Now, Kellen, I you know, actually, I there is a TV that I can see. Yeah, it's kind of at an awkward angle. They have the Flames Coyotes game on, so that's one nothing for uh, the Coyotes after the first period. It's not, it's not really in a good spot for me to really be able right, to right. watch the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're you're watching the the beginning of the NBA All Star Weekend. Yes, I am. So you've watched the celebrity game, which yep. uh, featured somebody texted in that Getty Lee should be on Team Canada. That's so a featured, good idea. Great so idea. It, the way I understand that, in my mind anyway, it was uh, it was three on three, and for Canada it was uh, Martin Short, uh, Getty Lee, and uh, and Deb Gray, former Reform Party uh, MP. <laughs> yeah, she was <laughs> Deb, Deb she was playing backcourt. Yep. And then for uh, the United States. To kind of uh, off-balance Deb Gray, it was Janet Reno. Okay. Uh, remember her? Yeah, yeah. Former, uh, I don't even know what party she was in. It yeah. was uh, The American team was uh, was Janet Reno, uh. Uh, uh, former President Bush, the younger one, George. Okay. And I, I don't know why I came up with two politicians. Yeah. And then uh, and Bruce Springsteen. Was, oh, so, the boss. So it, it really increased the cool factor. <laughs> so even though the United States only had one cool guy, they, they still had the, the cooler team. Yeah. So that's, in my mind, that's who was in the celebrity game. Yeah, I now, got the, now what are they doing? I got the Young Stars game on right now. They've just hit halftime. Uh, USA leads the world team 88-79 at the half. 
And this is, is, sorry, so it's all rookies? These are all rookies. Andrew Wiggins is on the world side. And uh, I haven't seen the stats yet and that stuff. But he was in on one three-point shot that I saw earlier. So he's having a good game. Actually, I think everybody's having a great game. So Wiggins is what, is his second year, third year? Yeah, yeah. So the best young players who aren't in the game. All right. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. Got a uh, tweet here from Carson, who I don't think is listening to the show. He says, whatever is being said about Yakupov, it's probably wrong. I I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know what that means. You can also text 630-630. Bruderheim says... The entire town of Bruderheim just texted the show. They got together and they're like a they're like the Borg. They have a collective mind and then they can send texts. He says, "Hey Reed, I think Cassian will look awesome along Hall and Dreisaitl." You know, the last few games have been a little quieter for Cassian, quite frankly. Uh, we'll see with him. He's on an audition. I, I'm not getting. I I understand he brings an element that the Oilers need, and I have praised him for that when he has brought it. Again, consistency. Is it there as often as you would like? So I I just want to wait and see with that. Uh, I mean, for now, the way they lined up today, it was Cassian with Letestu and Hall. Maybe he'll get a look with Hall and Dreisaitl, uh, especially if Teddy Personal gets traded, which is a distinct possibility. Uh, Todd McCollin today was asked if Leon Dreisaitl is looking a little worn down. Um, he had a good break at the All-Star break, but he has been, you know, he's been knock on wood. He's been our healthiest center all year. And he's hauled around some big bodies since he got back from the American League. Uh, Nuge helped him for a while. Connor's helped him for a while, but he's been the go-to guy for, for a lot of games. And this is a young man that wasn't even with this team, I don't think, at this time last year because he had to work on his skating. So it's been taxing for him, but again, he'll be fine. All right, so that is Todd McClellan. You know, he, he shows faith in his players. He can be critical, but he understands the ebb and flow of the 82-game season. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Uh, Kevin says, a month ago, if you would have mentioned trading Hall, you could have been shot. Now that he's struggling a bit, people can't wait to ship him out. I guess we should trade everyone if they have a weak stretch. I don't get it. Well, Kevin, my young friend, I've come to get it. <laughs> from, from hosting a talk show and a post-game show. I mean, my, my thing is, is, is if you want to trade somebody, Hall, Everly, Nugent Hopkins, whoever, just accept that there are strengths that they have that then will be gone from the lineup if they're not there because every player is, is unique. Uh, when Taylor Hall's going well, he's he's a pretty important member of the team. But again, the team is now being built around Connor McDavid, not around Taylor Hall or Ryan Nugent Hopkins or uh, or anybody else. I, I just think one of those six million dollar guys will be traded. There's an argument for each. It, clearly, you are losing the most though if you trade Hall. Graham says Bruderheim is the board collective. That's the best thing you've ever said, Reed. Ha 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 ha. Trekkies forever. Boy, pulling a Star Trek reference and all of a sudden I'm popular. We're back with Steve Hamilton.